Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host Tim Picararo and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello and welcome to Uphill Conversations. I am your host, Tim. And I'm Megan. And we're so glad you could join us today as you are living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. And this week, we just want to remind you to visit our website at uphillconversations.co or make sure that you go to iTunes or Stitcher to subscribe to the show. Um, We are also always looking for great guests, uh, people who have an interesting story, who would really be open to sharing about themselves and how they're showing up in the world. Um, So visit our website again. There is a button you can submit somebody else or yourself, um, anybody who you think would be a great guest. And last but not least, uh, please continue to share your great feedback with us. We love hearing from our listeners. And you can reach us at connect at uphillconversations.co, or you can always connect with us on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. And you can reach us individually. You can. Tim, Tim at Meg, Tim, not at Megan. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Tim at uphillconversations.co or Megan. Megan. Megan, M-E-G-A-N. I say Megan, so a lot of people have corrected me on that M-E-A, but it's Megan at uphillconversations.co. Correct. Yeah, and remember, it's not .com. Yes, .co. Not a mistake. Not a mistake. So this is episode 30. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Uh, And we have a great guest for you guys today. Uh, It's Kelly Cazares, and um, she's actually out of Australia. And um, she is a personal performance and business coach. She's a speaker, and she works with a lot of different people, um, helping them find their passion, uh, specifically with women. But before we get to that, oh gosh, bum, bum, <laughs> I have Drum a, roll. I have another random question for Tim. So are you ready? <laughs> yeah, this is like. <laughs> Because I know oh. you're you're like, I don't know where you're going to take it this time. I don't know. But go. Okay. So, Tim, if you could create any reality TV show, what would it be about? Oh, my gosh. That is so good. Any random. So, it's a reality. It's a reality TV show. You're not on it. You're creating it. Oh, I can't be in it. Well, you could be like, you could be the guy. Can I be like the survivor guy? What's yes. his name? Jeff? You know, he yeah, gets yeah. to, so, all right, so I could create it and I could kind of You could like, host it. I could host. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that could, that could changes things because creating is one thing, but if I could be involved. Well, either or, you get to choose. Hmm. Um, let's see. I tell you what would be a cool reality show for me is to do something where it would be with kids. Okay. And it's kids making like, like I'm just talking pushing the boundaries. So here's here's kind of how the show would work. The kids come up with an idea. They get a team of people that have to now develop their idea. And the kid 
gets to with all their imagination because they have such high creativity as mm-hmm. children. You know, because adults, you get older and you're told, oh, unicorn doesn't exist, Santa doesn't exist. <laughs> like all these things don't exist, right? You're told all this right. stuff, right? But the kids, with all their imagination, these people, they get these teams of really, I'm talking talented people. So whether it's technology guys, engineering guys, whatever it is, they would have that as their resource. And then they get to take their idea and lead a group of people with high with their high creativity mm-hmm. into these people that have the skill sets and the abilities to actually make it. And then at the end, the kid gets to show off whatever he made. That's good. That's a good answer. So I, I don't love know that. what the show would be called. No. Maybe it would either. be something like, you know, I don't know, something like walk on water or unfettered. Kids unfettered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. because they're not limited. Unfettered. They get to move unfettered. You don't, and they, and and they never get to hear no. It's not no. Well, unless they want to create like a magical land for ponies and unicorns. Because they don't exist. They don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be like Eileen, my daughter, who she throws her pennies into the into the well and she wishes for a unicorn. (laughs) It's like the first thing. Yeah. Okay. So. Obviously, I have to think through my show mm-hmm. because there, I would make, and I would probably have a kid crying then. You would because You'd crush they'd be their like, dream. "I thought you said that high creativity was important." Yeah, I would be in trouble. Okay, so but that would be the show, and so I'd have a lot of work to do on it. But I would love to host it because I love getting kids to just tell you their wildest thoughts and yeah. just talk about it, and then like like go with it. You know, because cool. like with with my daughter, I do what's called Papa stories. When she was little, she would say, tell me a Papa story. And so, of course, I would come up with these ridiculous, crazy stories of like we built a, you know, chocolate and and candy go kart. And then <laughs> after you drove it and had fun and went really fast, you get to eat, you get to eat the entire thing. Oh my Nothing's gosh. left. There was nothing left. <laughs> and of course, she goes to bed dreaming about making that. And then, of course, asks me, is that a possibility? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. Okay. So thank you, Tim. Great answer, especially thinking on your feet like that. Because I did not I did not tell him that question. There was no he had no time to prep that. So that was a really good answer. I'm definitely gonna have to so the next question I have to up this because that was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. I'm gonna get you with something that you just something kind of like because you're a Notre Dame grad, like something that would have to be like you'd have to do something for, you know, Michigan or something. <laughs> My brother would like that. Uh, Okay, so episode 30, Kelly Cazares. um, She was so great to have on the show. She came in really authentic, uh, just really open to sharing a lot about um, her journey coming from, you know, starting in the world of HR in the oil and gas industry, which is really male dominated, and how she transitioned into the world of coaching. So we had a lot, a lot of great conversation with her. um, And we're really excited to share that with you. But the thing that really stood out to to us was we got on this topic of the missing link and and what's missing yeah and i and it made me think i you know i meet so many people that the big question is what am i doing like what am i doing not just what am i doing and they do nothing about it but they're really actively pursuing what am i doing and what's missing and in in her process and like what she did um, you know, even in the male dominated industry mm-hmm. that she was in, you know, she found a mentor even in the midst of that. That was a man who worked with her 
um, and actually embraced, you know, her way of um, addressing this question or those mm-hmm. questions for herself and actually was, um, I think it was very instrumental in how she moved forward and progressed. But there are so many people, Megan, that have that question, what am I doing and what's missing? And they really want an answer, you know, and we're hoping our listeners that you'll know that, hey, there's, you're not alone. You're not in some weird spot where you're an alien because you think that way. But it's it's true, especially if you really want the answer. Absolutely. And I think that one thing that, you know, Tim and I ha- talked about after we spoke with Kelly was, I think the the worst thing you could do if you're feeling that, because so many people feel that. I mean, I've felt that at different points in my life. Uh, but if you just don't do anything and you just sort of live with that. You live with that feeling of missing something and never really figuring out, you know, how do you connect your your passion? How do you fuel that fire with the things that you're doing? Right. And she's really, what's cool about her, she's really laid back, but you can tell she's extremely thoughtful. Like really, you can tell she thinks about the stuff that's going on in her world And that is kind of like a little hidden little message to me through the whole interview was you can tell she spends the time to think about it. And I think that would be a good takeaway for others as you're listening to this and you hear her story and you hear about her, her professional world, her personal world. But, you know, think about the fact that she sits down and she's she's thinking it through, you know, she's really putting thought into it. And um, that's a big problem because a lot of people are doing a lot of stuff, but they're not thinking. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of people are thinking and they're just not doing, you know? Agreed. So without any further delay, let's jump into this wonderful interview with Kelly Bizarres. Welcome to Uphill Conversations, Kelly. Uh, how are you and how are things going in your world? Uh, hi, Megan and Tim. Things are going really well, thank you. It's, it's nice and busy at the moment, but it, I think at the start of a new year, it's always fun to just sort of leap right into it and be able to help more people. So I'm really excited to be on here today and to chat to both of you. Well, excellent. Um, Awesome. We are excited as well to talk with you. And uh, in reading your ebook and reviewing your website, um, I really love how you work with people, especially women, um, on realizing what they're really, really passionate about. So um, I would would really like to start there. Um, So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you discovered your spark in working with others and particularly women. Okay, perfect. So I built my career. I started working in HR and and human resources and people development. And I originally started working in quite male-dominated industries such as oil and gas and renewable energy. And as I grew my career and sort of worked my way up to a role where I reported to the CEO, it was a really pivotal time for me. That was working for Australia's most innovative company at that time. And something sort of sparked within me where I thought, right now I'm impacting so many people within this organisation. 
But for me, I felt like there was a lot more to this. There was more that I could be doing and sharing with other people, not only within Australia, but also around the world. And it was just one single moment where I had a conversation with one of the leaders within the business where I thought, no, it's it's time to actually do more. And at that time, my business had organically started on the side. I'd had people coming to me um, for coaching and, and support and mentoring and it just sort of grew from there. And, and within sort of 18 months to two years, I was out on my own and, and doing everything that I wanted to do. Okay. Well, that that's that's awesome. Um, when yeah. you were starting that on the side, was there? did you have a coach that you were working with that gave you a little bit of insight into that industry or that kind of led you to starting that side business? Yes, definitely. I had a number of mentors and coaches. It was one specific mentor that I did my coaching training through, which is through Thought Leaders Global. And it was the work that I did on myself, that inner work to actually understand who am I, what am I passionate about, where is my talent, where can I actually help people, that he really supported me to help me and grow within myself before actually taking the leap out in my own. And I think it was a pivotal moment when I did that training. It was almost that light globe, light bulb moment, sorry, that you, you go, now's the time I actually have to do something about this because I can't just sit here and, and let this passion stew and it's something that I speak to my clients about especially women who are thinking about to take the leap or are actually wanting to grow within their current career so I think it was a pivotal moment during my coaching training that actually triggered me to say okay it's time to go and do something about this that's awesome and and Kelly let mm. me ask you going back to when you you mentioned you know starting off in HR and and I love something that you said that's, you know, you stood out and I like to, you know, find or, or zoom in or, or hone into these areas um, yeah. when people bring up certain things. And you talk about that male dominated industry that you were in. Yeah. And and what did you do to for yourself? Because there are listeners, you know, that obviously that are that are that are women listening. And um, I grew up with a single mom. And yeah. so, um, you know. For me, I have trouble with people trying to separate those. You know, All I'm not right. saying not, I'm not saying you mentioning that I have a problem with. It's just the way yeah. people view those things. I know they're real, but I only mm. saw the strength of my mother. You know, that's what I saw was her strength. Of course, I saw her having bad days, but what for you in yes. particular? You know, how did you adjust? to not just let, you know, not to succumb to that and just let that be the overwhelming thing that kept you from, you know, saying, hey, I have potential as well. And instead of me mm. fighting this, I'm going to grow me. Like what yeah. happened? How did you do that? <laughs> That's a really great question. I, I'll never forget. It was probably about a month into my very first role in oil and gas and I was 24 at the time and it was almost the breakthrough in my career in terms of really getting a fantastic role and cementing who I am and my brand and it was a conversation with a senior manager. Uh, he sort of looked at me and he said, so what do you know about 
oil and gas. Like, why are you here? And I'm thinking, well, I didn't know much about oil and gas at that time. Obviously, I wasn't an expert in that field. And I, I just said to him, look, my, you know, I'm so passionate about developing people and I can guarantee you that I will help you manage your, manage your people onshore and offshore, you know, really lifting everyone up. And I made it a commitment to myself on that day when I think he was a little bit sceptical. You know, he was uh, probably 30 years older than me, had been in the industry for probably 30 years or longer. And it was a, a moment where I thought, I'm going to do everything possible to learn about this industry, gain the respect that, that I deserve. Because I think people have looked at me like, oh, she's quite young. She's a female. What does she know about oil and gas? Like, why, why did they hire her? And then within a few months, I'd really cemented myself within that business um, and created a, a reputation that I was that go-to person and it really built my confidence from a young age to be able to uh, understand people, get people to respect who I am and, and what I do and how I can help them. And I think it was it was part of the pressure of being in a really strong environment. So obviously there was a lot of um, different mindsets from um, older people who were very stuck in their ways to younger dynamic people that were really open to learning new things and, and being quite innovative. And for me, it was just that moment where I said to myself, okay, now's the time to really make an impact in this business. And I ended up there for about three years and still stay in touch with some of those people now to this day. So it was the, the confidence within myself and actually believing in my skill set and having a really great manager as a mentor as well. He was pivotal in the success in that role for me. Wow, that is great. So mm -hmm. so in a way, even though it was dominated you by male, you know, with a male presence, you you did have someone yeah. that was able to at least set you up with that. But I tell you what I love is that a lot yeah. of people, it doesn't matter if they're male or female, they get set up with mm -hmm. the right situation, but they're not prepared for it. And what I love that you said was you knew what was in you. You already, you made the statement that I like to develop people. I can, I can mm. help you with people. And so it's <laughs> like, I tell people there, every time you open the door, the future's coming in. The question is, yes. are you ready for the future? And so many yeah. people, the thing that the very thing they want when it's presented to them, they don't have the understanding about themselves to really grab a hold of it, the confidence, the the belief in what they have. And even at a young age, I do believe that that can be cultivated and developed. And it sounds mm. to me like that, you know, that's where you were. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really know a lot about the mindset work. That was something that sort of came into the last five years or so. So this was so early on in my career, I was just thinking, so what can I do? Obviously, I have the technical knowledge of HR and I'm passionate about, about developing people. Little did I know as I grew within HR that you know, people development was only an element of <laughs> HR. There was a lot of other things that I had to learn, but it was probably two core things that really helped me and that was um, understanding that I had to be confident in myself and my ability actually three things just having a really great mentor and coach in my manager um, at that time and then thirdly having the self-belief to actually go you know what I can do this and it was the third belief actually knowing that I 
I was still quite young. I was a little bit nervous starting in that business because it was such a great business. It was a Norwegian company. So, um, you know, obviously different culture and, and a different um, uh, leadership style and there was a lot of factors that were quite different to what I'd been used to. Uh, but it was the confidence in myself, the belief in myself and just having a great mentor that really helped me. And I guess that blew, helped blow up my career and, and, and my business. That was the foundation for me to really sort of grow upon. Yeah, and I, I love that you kind of brought that back with, you know, saying these three core things. And to me, you know, as a female and mm. as an entrepreneur, I mean, you talk about confidence and self-belief. And I think mm. that, you know, we know, you know, that women, y- you talk about even in, you know, your book, we fall into a career or a, a business because we're good at what we do. And so it's yeah. this, you know, it's this curse of being capable, but it isn't necessarily what you love. And so, I mean, do you do you tie that back to that idea of self-belief is do you think that's the reason that this is such a common occurrence for women? Or, I mean, why do you think that is? Um, or or is there another, is there something else behind that that you found in working with women? Uh, I, I think what I've found is that um, women in particular, it, their their confidence in themselves isn't. I mean, it's something I think everyone can work on, and even and even men as well. And I, I think the the biggest piece that I see is women falling into careers and even starting businesses in areas that, like, like you said, Megan, that they they're really great at doing a certain skill or or having a certain talent, but the passion may not be there. So that they could work so hard in a career and then get to a really senior role and then go, well, there's something missing and it's it comes down to, to those things. They're really fantastic at what they do. They, they've got the respect. You know, they may have some of the confidence there, but it's there is that missing link of truly being passionate about what they're doing. Um, and then I find that it really impacts their success from there, just knowing that there is that missing link. Sure. Um, and it's just that magic of tying passion and capability together. And, and that's where when I work with people, we really um, pair that together and how they can actually prepare their value in sure. terms of who they are sure. and what they do. Yeah, and I, and I think it is that question of what's missing that, you yeah. know, so many people, they, you know, they go through college or university and they get out, they start a career, everything seems to be going well. And all of a sudden they have that moment where, you know, your heart drops to your stomach and you go, what am I, what am I doing? I, mm-hmm. I should be so happy from the outside. You know, my life looks great, but there's, mm-hmm. there's this, there's something missing. And so, you know, yeah. how, how do you, work with someone and help them dig in and find that true passion? How do you help somebody who's sitting there looking at their life saying, man, I know that I should be so happy, but I'm just not, I'm just not there. Mm, Okay. That's a great question, Megan. I think what I look at is there's sort of three 
parts to when I work with people. Like I look at, we look at developing them, self-enhancing and then accelerating. So the developed part that I work with someone is around developing their talent and their unique value proposition. And I think because everyone is so unique in, in what they can do, it's really finding out, okay, what skills do you have that you absolutely love doing and really clarifying those talents, clarifying their values as well and having that linking in with their talents and then finding out really what motivates them in their work and life and then sort of next step then defining where you want to go based upon clarifying their talents and values and then what are they passionate about so doing some work around can we marriage that together or does it mean we need to look at something a little bit different and setting a non-negotiable for them in their life and I always am so big on finding out what people want to do what is a non-negotiable for them like what do they want to do that they couldn't live without doing um so then sort of from there as well working on their mindset so what beliefs limiting beliefs do they have that's actually stopping them from going in this particular direction what blocks would they have and then looking at their their confidence and increasing their self-worth in their area of expertise well there there may be a listener that this would be good uh i think if you would do this i love when you said the missing link you know, and, mm. you know, we all, we've all heard that, you know, a, a chain is only as strong as the as the weakest link. Right. So we're yeah. not talking about even a weak link here. We're talking about a missing link. Right. <laughs> and, mm. and, you know, people feel like things are missing. You know, I know when pieces don't fit anymore. I know what it's like to be broken. I tell people when you're broken, you're broken in all the right places. Just get some glue yeah. and let some of that light shine through the cracks. You know, it's like yes. just let's get it back <laughs> together again. But what missing links would you, what would, what missing links about you would you say that you discovered in your journey? Would you share a couple of missing links that you found? That's a great question. Yeah, that's a great question. I I think that the missing link for me probably was when I discovered that I needed to go out on my own as well because I had that little part of me that I felt like something was missing as well and I just couldn't put my finger on it and go, okay, I love what I do, but there's something not quite right. And um, it was through doing some journaling work and really speaking to my mentor where it was like, well, is entrepreneurship an option for me? Like, is that something I could do? And for me, that was the missing link at that time going, okay, I'm working for an organisation, I'm getting paid really, really well, but is that enough for me? And it was the, the fact that, no, I knew I could make it on my own. That was that missing link and that piece going, I need to launch out on my own. I need to actually go out and impact more people. So that was probably one missing link. The next missing link was um, understanding that I prob- I did have some areas that I wanted to work on um, as well. And I, I think for me it was really nailing down as I stepped out into my business. So I, Megan and Tim, I actually, when I started my business very early on, on the side, I realized I was doing things that I was good at. <laughs> so the, 
there was two parts. I had people had come to me because I was good at career coaching and um, understanding who they are. And then I really felt that there was another piece that I could do. So it was okay. I didn't enjoy doing resumes anymore. And that was just something I sort of fell into on the side. Mm-hmm. And as I went out full time, I did a lot of work on myself and what I wanted to do in my business. So defining, okay, who I am, what I really can offer. So going through the process, you know, identifying my value proposition, what am I passionate about, what am I good at, and really marrying that together. So that was another missing link for me, knowing that I was starting a business but I wasn't really doing exactly the work that I 100% loved. I maybe 60% loved it and that just wasn't enough for me. Okay. And as you were sort of making that transition, um, obviously there were some some obstacles you had to overcome and, and a risk there. So how did you manage the uncertainty of going from, you know, this corporate position where, you know, you'd gained a lot of respect, you'd had a lot of momentum? How did you mm. how did you pivot and sort of go into this world of uncertainty? How did you work through that? Yes. Um it- it was a transition. So I probably, from the moment my business changed and, and diversified to the moment that I actually leapt out, it was probably about over 18 months. And what I did is I literally made the decision to to go out and do it. And that was probably a month before I, I leapt out. It was There was a certain risk factor, obviously. Um, my business was still growing and I knew that there's a chance that um, it's, you know, 50-50 it could work or it couldn't, but I knew in my heart that it would actually work. And I literally just made the decision. I came home, spoke to my husband one night, and he said, you really need to do something about this. You look miserable. And it was that decision that night that I said, okay, by this date I will be working solely for my own brands and just weighing up the options okay what are the risks what are the benefits really understanding my value marketing that putting a plan together and having a date that I I I decided to do it and we went overseas for a month to Europe and it was one moment that I was actually on my laptop in Santorini I was overlooking the (laughs) the (laughs) volcanoes in Santorini and I said to him it's happening on this date and we got back and within two weeks I'd resigned from my role and was out on my own. So it was literally just making that decision and cementing that in my head and in my heart going, now's the time, just put a timeline on it and make it happen. And I, I love how that story and how, you know, obviously you built up people around you who were supportive of you and gave you, mm. you know, maybe that extra little bit of confidence to be able to just say, I'm doing this and yes. <laughs> and, and and I'm going to take this risk because you just knew that you were in alignment with yourself on on moving that forward. Um, mm. And, you know, one one thing to transition a little bit in your book, you use the term career life values. Um, could yes. you explain a little bit more sort of what you mean by that term and, and its significance? Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the career life values is really understanding what drives you in your work and, and what is meaningful to you in in your work, but also in your personal life and understanding really I guess what's important to you in in terms of family um, finances 
also lifestyle and really digging deep into how that can actually impact your career and your life. So as an example, I have clients that I put through an assessment around their values and, and what that looks like. And when it comes to their family, like how much of their family is involved in their work and, and how much meaning does that have to them and does that motivate them in, in what they're actually doing and then also with their their motivations and, and their, their other values such as finances and, and impact and how that kind of blends together. So a lot of people make decisions, I find, based on maybe one of these things and it's really understanding what drives you in yourself personally and how that can fit into your professional life. Okay. I have a question uh, tying into that. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Thank you for explaining that because Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, it's rich. It's rich with information. Um, Yeah. But I have this, and I'm a big winded at click. You know, there's people, you know, a kid starts learning to play a sport, right? And he swings the bat. Mm-hmm. He can't hit the ball. He can't hit the ball. He can't hit the ball. Then with some training yeah. and over time, next thing you know, he's hitting the ball. There comes a time when he knows it clicked. But for you, when did you find that click? When did it click for you? Or can you remember a marked period in time when you, the person, when Kelly, the person, was able mm-hmm. to take that full person into Kelly, the professional and not being two different people, because I mm. tell people all the time, you can't be two different people. You it's very hard to manage one. <laughs> so so when you bring that in, when did it click for you? Do you remember a time when you're like, wow, this is Kelly, the person doing Kelly, the career, and it all is clicking and lining up? Yeah, I love this question. It's just, it's perfect because I talk about this all the time actually with my clients. And at the time it clicked for me when I, it was probably about six months ago. So it wasn't, it wasn't years ago. It was relatively recently in terms of my business when I was running a workshop and I just stepped into who I was naturally. And I think where I didn't, feel like I fit in the corporate space and obviously oil and gas it's quite serious and I have a quirky little personality I'm quite funny at times I think I'm funny I don't know (laughs) we'll let you tell us a joke here in a minute (laughs) yeah um, it was it was probably six months ago in a workshop where I really stepped out into being man I brought some comedy into the workshop I just went in and just no filter, I mean, really just being me in everything that I did in the way I spoke. I Having a European background, sometimes I talk a little bit with my hands and I just brought that out. And I, I never had so much fun in a workshop. And I think just I'd always sort of filtered myself a little bit in a way. Um, I'd always felt that maybe I hadn't brought all of me to the table in my work because I always felt like there was a, um, a professional element that I had to bring into my brand when I was in the corporate space. Um, and when I stepped out just being me in this particular workshop, it was something that really made me, I walked out of there going, wow, that was amazing. I felt so good in myself, just brought all of me, brought my personality just it was fantastic it was such a great feeling and I think another pivotal moment was when I I was lucky enough to represent 
my country on the world stage um, at the world finals of Mrs. Globe in China in 2015. So I was asked to represent Macedonia, which is my background, and it was probably on the world stage where I was actually holding the country flag when I realised that I had so much of myself that I wasn't bringing into my work and it was literally that moment going, wow, it's time to let the real Kelly come out. Um, And, yeah, from there and in the workshop, that professional space, it was just from there it was all on for me. (laughs) And I have, yeah, I, I think when you're really authentic to yourself, that's when you do your best work. Kelly, I love that. Thank you for just going through that story. And and I think it's so wonderful. And for our listeners yeah. to hear, you know, you've been doing this for a while now and to say, man, that mm. was really six months ago when I just embraced yeah. who I was and felt, you know, so, so good. And, and also just the pride of um, being up there on stage. So mm. how do you keep that going now that you've experienced it, now that you felt it? How do you keep that going and not, you know, fall back into the trap of what are people thinking of me and overthinking it? Mm. No, that's a great question, Megan. I think it's just literally for me waking up every day and just being me. It's it's hard to explain in that sense, but I think you can work as soon as you feel like, this is probably a big tip I, I tell people as well, as soon as you feel like, you're not being you if things feel like they're too hard or if if you're feeling um, maybe a little bit stressed or anxious part of that could be that you're not bringing all of you into your work that you're not stepping into your authentic self um, I, I guess you know not filtering yourself I mean obviously there's times that maybe sometimes you may need to filter a little bit but I try and <laughs> avoid that <laughs> You probably both know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, I tell people that I have a filter with very big holes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's fantastic. And it's true. I think when you're feeling a little bit stressed, I mean, when I feel like I can really be myself and speaking to you guys, I'm really comfortable in in who I am. And um, speaking on stage, I think there's a certain, I guess there's a certain persona that, you have when you speak on stage but when you actually engage people when you are um when you're doing your best when you you know your stuff so everyone is an expert or knowledgeable in a certain area but when you really bring your personality into that that's when you you're so unique and everyone is unique for that reason so I think if people were to really be themselves every day in in their work Gosh, there would just be—it would actually be a different world. I think. I think it's something that everyone should work on and, and really understand that who they are as a person is a, there's a reason why everyone is the way that they are. And I think it's just about bringing that magic. And you know, one of the sayings that they have in Mrs. Glow that I love to share is that you know, bringing your magic into what you do is truly special. And I think it's a reason why. Um, I myself have decided to be as authentic as I can for my audience and and for the people that I work with because that's when I get the best out of them as well. That's awesome. I love that. Um, So I I think authenticity and and having um, being aligned, those are really great. So how do you um, how do you continue to invest in yourself? 
Okay, yeah. I, look, I work with some really great mentors. Um, I was actually telling one of my clients, I think in the last 12 months I've invested over $40,000 in myself and my business and, and my development and it's I work with two great mentors, um, Kat Laterzo and Regan Hillier. I'm not sure if you, you've heard of them. You know, we interviewed um, we interviewed Regan on this podcast. Did you? Yeah, oh, you need to you need to go through and you'll hear that interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was actually in um, Hollywood with Regan in November last year. Okay, so I, I was with her, and um, I, I've worked with her for a number of. Um, well, it's probably been about twelve months, but there's a lot of a lot of similarities that we have and I think Regan has inspired me on a, on a number of levels um, in what she does and I love her message, um, I love her brand and I, I think for me choosing the right mentor is really important. So Megan has, uh, sorry, uh, Regan <laughs> has been <laughs> one of my core mentors um, and also I've had a number of other mentors as well in my business and in my life that have really helped me understand who I am um, and whether it's been on a personal level or a professional level, I continue to invest in myself um, annually. And, and whenever I feel like I, there's a gap, I'll make sure that I work on it pretty quickly. That's how I help my clients as well, by making sure that I'm staying up to date and that I'm actually helping myself to help other people. That's great because building, you know, if you're going to build other people and work to help them, I mean, you know, that's yeah. what we do. We build, we invest, you know, and, and yes. I, I believe, um, in the power of others and not the power over others. And I think it's so incredible that, um, we get to be a power in someone's mm -hmm. life. We can be, um, there's a great book that I love and it's, it's, you know, it's called the power of others by Dr. Henry cloud. And, it's so that. rich and he's yeah. so good at just getting people to understand, you know, what it's like when you can really pour into other people. But when, you know what I love though, mm -hmm. is that it's not just about you giving, it's not just about you dumping out and pouring out, but I love that you keep yourself in check and in balance mm -hmm. and in a growing mode by um, still putting yourself in a place that you recognize you haven't arrived, you know, and yes. you're, you're, and a lot of people have a hard time with that. It's, and even in coaching, and I'm sure you've seen this. I mean, do yeah. you ever, do you ever run into it where you can see that it's just getting someone to open up is like, uh, it's yes. like pulling teeth, that <laughs> fear. Is. You know, what, what, what types of things and what are the types of fear that you see in people that keeps them from just allowing themselves to submit to a process for growth? Yeah, that's such a great question. I, I think the biggest fears that I see to him are around um, really being aware whether they can do something or not and, and understanding why they're fearful probably. And, and an example of that would be uh, women and men as well looking to um, either have a change in career or, or business, um, being fearful around um, speaking as well. I, I see that a lot. People, I spoke to a client yesterday who has a real fear of public speaking and we worked through what is her reason and it turns out that she had some childhood um I guess um, some beliefs that were embedded in her as a child from her parents that actually was the underlying reason for her fear of speaking. Mm -hmm. um, and also you know, the fear of not being good enough. I see that 
quite a lot as well um, and, and not understanding their value in order to put themselves out there. Um, and then I see the fear of being successful a lot as well. Mm. People are scared of being successful and I think the more you you become successful, that's actually more when stuff comes up <laughs> as well. Yeah. So I think people believe that as you become more successful in your business or your career that it gets easier but it actually gets harder and then the more fear and the more limiting beliefs actually come up as you sort of climb yourself. And I love, you know, the uphill. So as you're climbing uphill, there is more stuff that comes up. So it's about really acknowledging that and sort of having it comes back to the confidence and self-belief as well. Well, and this is a, I have another one just following up off of that. Just um, yeah. I'm a big person that I believe in necessary endings. Yes, <laughs> and I, I believe, love that. <laughs> and it's, it's a nice way to say you've got to go or this has got to change, you know. So yes. in the necessary yes. ending, um, can you um, just from your point of view or your experience, would you, um, I don't know, your take on doing a necessary ending properly and why? Why should you make a necessary mm. ending? And then how do you do that properly? Yeah. I think the necessary ending is such a great thing, and I think I am hoping that I uh, that I actually get this right for you. But I think, <laughs> the and that's probably a limiting belief of mine. But <laughs> um, the necessary ending is around um, look, and if it's someone. I'll use this as an example, a client wanting to start their own business. So obviously they need to end their current circumstances in order to move forward. And I, I think if someone was to do that, I have a client who has done that recently and she's actually she's in Europe now. She's travelling the world as that was a discovery, self-discovery project that she's doing for herself. So a necessary ending was basically to pack up her life here in Australia and move to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um in order to do that, she has lost a relationship. She um, is moving forward in, in what she's doing and really sort of basically clearing everything from her her past in order to move forward. And that is such a huge thing for someone to do uh, when, you know, her belief in herself, it's getting stronger, but she knew in order to move forward she did have to let go of the past and and anything that's been impacting her in the past and it would be different for everyone in order in whatever their necessary ending is and whatever their their new start is or their next steps but I think the the process of really clearing uh what has been stopping you and what has been preventing you to move forward and then acknowledging, okay, where am I going? And then what are the necessary steps for me to get there? Mm, that's, that's a great answer. And it takes some grit, but it can be done. Is that correct? Things can, you can uh, do it. percent. I think grit is probably one of the key traits that I think all entrepreneurs need. I think <laughs> grit and resilience and determination but it's, it's funny I talk about grit all the time with people and you bringing it up just sort of resonated and that's something I say to people that if you're looking at jumping out onto your own or really stepping up then having grit is probably core to where you where you'll be going next and to your success in that sense yeah and, and I think um, the idea of having grit and you know just feeling confident and 
in moving forward and um, and continuing yeah. on your journey in the right direction. And even if that means having to make that necessary ending is so yeah. important. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I guess thinking about what you're doing and what you have been doing and your, where you're at in your journey right now, um, mm-hmm. what, are, what are the three things that you are most optimistic about this year? That's a great question. You guys have some brilliant questions. Um, <laughs> I think the three things I'm really excited about this year is um, the launch of new products and and services to my clients. I've got some really great initiatives as well. Uh, I've got some great partnerships coming up um, that I'm partnering with some really amazing people as well. And, and also um, I, I, I think for me it's, really growing my brand globally there has been some really amazing things happen so far this year um, in terms of um, really stepping up myself so I think there's just some the, the partnerships the launch of some, some new products and also continuing my work um, with some foundations that I do work with now as well so obviously the impact for me is really important in my business so I, I give back to a number of charities as well so I'd like to continue that and also continue to plan to build my own charity wow that's awesome that's very cool we were excited to see um to see what all the things that you're going to be doing thank you yeah. And we would love it if you would tell us what are, so with the things that you have going on, I'm so like, especially this giving to charities, you want to start your own. I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. going to be people very curious about you. What's your favorite spot for them to find you? Oh, look, um, people can find me. I'm all over on social media. So on Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, also Instagram. I have a Facebook group that I love connecting with um, and it's actually called Power Players. And in the Power Players group, it's all about self-growth. It's all about development, all about stepping up. And um, we've got about 700 and something people from around the world in that group who are really um, stepping up. So you can come into that group as well where I I love to support people there. also on my website, kellykazaris.com, there are some great resources on there as well, and there will be some more resources coming soon in the next month or two. Well, that's wonderful, and we definitely encourage our listeners to check out all those resources. Um, we have so enjoyed the conversation with you today, Kelly. Thank you for Likewise. yeah. Thank you so much for opening up and you know giving us a little bit more insight into you and your world. So um, again, we're just so thankful to have you. No, thank you so much, Megan and Tim, for having me. It's been really great, and I've really enjoyed speaking with both of you. It's been fantastic. We've enjoyed it. Well, this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations, and uh, we've had a great conversation with Kelly, and we encourage you to go check out all that she is doing and how she is showing up in this world. And we hope you're inspired by this because you too can do it. But most importantly, we want you to remember that you can be more, do more, and have more. Anything worth having is uphill, but you can never go uphill with downhill habits. And lastly, remember this, you will see people like Kelly, Megan, and myself on the hill. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.